0: you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode.
1: Hi, Gracia. Hi, Bola. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm so happy to be here with you. I am so happy
0: to have you on. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. You are a listener of the podcast, and I love having um, these interviews with listeners. And we're going to be talking about your personal story, how personal development saved you from financial ruin, um, which is, I think this is such a great topic, and I can't wait to hear about your personal experience. But before we dive into the gist of our conversation, please
1: tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah. So. I am Gracia Holmes. I'm a life coach. And so I show women how to simplify their life to move towards long-term success and have fun while doing it. You know, personally for me, I love all things related to food, music, and dancing. I love that.
0: (laughs) And I love that you're leveraging your experience to help other women now. So let's dive in. And I would love for you to share about your personal journey. How did you find yourself in a financial yo-yo pattern? This is what you used to describe it.
1: (laughs) Yes. So So how
0: did you find yourself in this pattern in your mid-20s?
1: Yeah. So, you know, starting back when growing up, like when I remember leaving high school, like I had to teach myself how to be an adult. And so I remember not knowing how to like write a check, how paying rent works, how to budget, like credit cards, cr- other forms of credit, like all those things that go into adulthood. I didn't know how to do it and I had to find how to do it. And so I also was constantly judged on my behavior. And so that led to me suppressing or hiding things that didn't fit into that mold, And so naturally, that didn't allow me to build my own identity, didn't allow me to really acknowledge who I was individually, my growth areas, you know, my own personal goals that fit that were outside of that mold. And then it led to me always prioritizing fun, like just having fun to cover up everything that I wasn't supposed to like or want to do. And I wanted to feel good all the time. And so that just progressed into overspending
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, prioritizing other things instead of making good financial decisions and constantly battling between wanting to have fun, but also needing to pay back this debt that I have. Mm-hmm. So who was,
0: you mentioned being judged, was it friends, family, coworkers? who was judging you
1: based on what you didn't know? Yeah. So basically most of it came from my mom and just, you know, she kind of wanted to keep me safe and protect me. So she curated a friend group for me and it had to fit into that mold of what she wanted for my life. And so there was a judgment from everybody that I was around because she curated my group of people Mm -hmm. that I've known since I was really young. And so I always felt different Mm -hmm. from them. And so, you know, because I was trying to hide that, the you know, peep out here and there, and then the judgment would come.
0: Mm. You know, I love that you shared this because, this is quite common, but it's not often said out loud where there are certain things that, you know, especially when we're younger, we may not know about money. We may not have learned yet about money. And there's no shame in that. There's no, there's no, you know, one of the things we really promote here in Clever Girl Finance is no shame, no judgment. But there's things that we don't know. I remember coming out of college, there's a lot of things I didn't know about money and I had to learn to make my own mistakes. But then, Even though we don't know these things, people expect us to fit into a certain, like you mentioned, a mold. And if we are not doing those things according to what is expected of us, like have this amount in savings, have done this, have you know this and that, we start getting judged for it. And I find that is very very common. So I'm really glad that you were talking about this.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) you mentioned that you got into debt. Do you mind sharing how much debt you took on?
1: So by the time I left college, I had probably about. You know, twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you are now in
0: this place where you've taken on the debt. You are hiding certain things from friends, family because they are judging you, and in your mind, you're like, I, I just want to enjoy myself. I want to feel good. But one of the things you mentioned also earlier was that. In your, in your podcast overview was that you had a lack of confidence, right? And that was, you felt like that was leading you towards bankruptcy. Can you elaborate on how that lack of confidence played a role in the financial situation you were faced with owing that 25000
1: Yes. So at the time I wasn't making, barely making that money, right? And mm-hmm. so I wasn't really secure in who I was as a person. Like I didn't know you know, if you asked me, like, who are you, right? I wouldn't know how to answer that question. I didn't know what areas I need to work on. You know, I didn't care to really think about that thing. I didn't prioritize like self-growth, you know, self-help books, listening to podcasts or other forms, you know, what didn't interest me. And so I, did, I didn't know what value I had and to con- to contribute to the world. I didn't know we knew basically what kind of skills i needed to learn but not really there was a huge knowledge gap when it came to finances and so all of that just kind of felt impossible to in order to learn to make good financial decisions and so i learned to deal with that by just spending and i just spent money and over the time it just kept the debt kept growing and growing and I also didn't really know how to like define my goals. What were my long-term dreams? I couldn't think past like a year, right? And what did life look like past that? That was a big one. And so, you know, just kept going and ignoring, you know, debts and, the you know, then you get collection calls and Then they're threatening you, sending letters, calling constantly. And so that just kept growing and I just kept ignoring it. Like, oh, I'll deal with it one day. And it got really bad to a point where, you know, they were threatening court. Mm -hmm. And I had to really sit down on myself and be like, court? (laughs) Hey, that's not good. Never been in court before. I just thought bankruptcy was the next step after that point. Like, that was, you know, if I can't pay off my debts, that's what I knew to do next. And so I had to sit down and be like, you can't hide forever. So they're going to find you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were at this
0: point where, okay, you've you've packed on all this debt and they're starting to call you and there's actually laws for anyone who's listening. There's laws in place around how collections and debt collectors can interact with you. And we're going to make sure that we put those in the show notes just so you're aware, (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, but they shouldn't be harassing you or threatening you. But you. so back to topic, you're in this space where, okay, you're like, I, I, it's either I go to this court, but then I don't have the money to pay. So maybe bankruptcy is an option. So I want to pause in this place here right now, right, before we move forward and ask you a question about the friendships that you were having that, I guess you said, were had been created for you. People You had known that you felt like you were not one of them. Did you find yourself feeling jealous that your friends were maybe appeared to be doing better? Did any of that and did any of how you felt about your friends influence the financial decisions that you were making that led you into getting into the debt?
1: Yes. So I was definitely fortunate enough to be around a lot of successful people. And so I saw them like buying houses, building businesses, you know, what I assumed they made a lot of money in traveling. And so I wanted that. Right. Like I definitely was like upset that I felt like I couldn't get that and that I was the only one seemed like who didn't have that. And so, you know, that shapes your decision, because if you don't have the accurate knowledge, you're too ashamed to talk to your friends about what actually they're doing to get ahead. You're trying to forge your own path. Hmm. And then that just led me to make you know decisions where I thought they were doing and try to copy their behavior a little bit because I thought that would bring me ultimate happiness um and then I realized that like you know everything isn't what it always appears to be and you right. have to really forge your own path for yourself learn to determine what your goals are how you're going to get there because we're all in different situations mm-hmm. and put in that consistent effort
0: Yeah. And at that point, you hadn't quite figured out, you know, what you wanted to do, what your goals were. Like you mentioned, if anybody asked you, who are you, (laughs) Uh, you, you wouldn't be able to answer. So, and again, this is something that is not often said out loud, especially when, you know, you're younger. I remember coming out of college and I was like, oh my God, I have to go to a nine to five for the rest of my life. I'm going to quit in the next 12 months. Such an unrealistic goal, but you know, (laughs) I just like you, I couldn't see past the next year. I was like, I can't even, I can't even think about 24 months, five years. Oh my God, what is that? (laughs) And I also had to like wrap my head around like, this is real life, girl, you need to work, you need to save. So again, it's not something that people that feeling of, oh, I I feel feeling left behind. My friends are doing better than me. Let me, or they appear to be doing better than me. Let me try to keep up with them a little bit and also avoid being judged and also, you know, it's something that happens very often, but is not said out loud. So again, I'm so happy about this conversation. So you're feeling this way with your friends. You're kind of like hiding your financial situation. You're, you're, you're in this place where collections is contacting you. They're threading you, threading you with court. You're considering bankruptcy, but then you reach a turning point and you're like, okay, I need to turn my finances around. I guess it was the ding, ding moment. And you were able to turn your financial situation around in two years by starting to pay off your debts etc i'd love for you to share what that turning point was what was the thing that made you say you know what wow i need to figure this out and then what steps did you take to start to eliminate the debt that you had and get yourself back on your feet
1: yeah absolutely so the turning point like i mentioned earlier is i realized i couldn't hide this forever uh-huh. right and so i had to deal with it i you know if I wanted to get ahead, then I had to pay my debts and figure out a way to to get to the success that I wanted. So that when it jump started the personal my personal development journey and it really took time to get to know myself to understand my habits, especially when it came around to spending money. So when I found myself in a store every day, I stopped and asked, why are you here what are you what are you buying this for? Do you need it?" you know, and just kind of taking stock in that every time I would spend money, like what was the driving factor behind that? And then understanding if I overspent on my budget, you know, then why did that happen? What challenge did I face in that time period? Looking into, and then I realized one time that my spending was a real coping skill for me, And so then I had to dig deep into my emotional experience, right? And so what was causing me to feel these emotions and digging deep into all the stuff that I was hiding and didn't want to to deal with and figuring out how to change those habits that weren't working for me, right? So our personality shows up in everything we do. So I learned how to capitalize on what makes me unique Mm -hmm. and working towards being authentic in my journey so that way I can reach the long-term success because if I don't do it for me and figure out how I want to do it then it's not going to work out that is that is
0: so good so you essentially went to through this journey of self-awareness you're like yeah. okay I can't hide this anymore this is this is a serious situation I need to change this. And you started to look inward in terms of like, you know, what were the things that matter to you? What were your values? Why were you spending? Why was spending your coping mechanism and dealing with it that way? How long would it say it took you to kind of get into the flow of your new self-awareness?
1: Yeah. So getting into the flow, it kind of took three months to have a routine. And then it took a full year to fill completely comfortable with the new version of myself that I was getting to know, in addition to having a solid base in my financial routine, getting mm-hmm. used to paying bills, understanding you know, my budget, my numbers, what was coming in, what was going out, um, and then how to jumpstart that for the next year, right? So mm-hmm. I had a two-year span, and I took up a year to really do all the learning and getting comfortable with it, and I jumpstarted the next year. Found the holes and filled them. Mm
0: -hmm. So, did you on this journey? Did you share what was happening in terms of the threats and the the collections, calls, and letters with anybody, or were you trying to? Were you managing this on a personal level? Like, was it? Did you work with a family member? Did you share with a family member or a friend or a coach? How did you manage all of the emotion that was happening in that year that you went through that self awareness journey?
1: Yeah, so this is a very vulnerable area for me. So I identified one to two people that I could talk about it with so that, you know, I could have that level of trust and really get deep within myself and be vulnerable and share those emotions. Um, So, yeah, I had those people in my corner who understood, who were able to, you know, they were also in the space to hear me emotionally unload as well and to really encourage me and push me on that journey.
0: Mm -hmm. And the reason why I ask that is because a lot of times when people start these journeys, the early stages, like you mentioned, you can be very, very vulnerable. You might say, oh, my goodness, this is too hard. You might slip back into previous behavior and sometimes having people, which is it's not a requirement to have people to support you. I mean, a lot of people get through journeys like this on their own because they build that like, you know, that intention about wanting to change but a lot of times having other people to keep you accountable just makes it less less scary and less of an emotional burden or an emotional stressor as you navigate through the different challenges of learning who you are and wanting to do better with your money and wanting to you know stick to what you say you're going to what you're going to do so next question I have for you is like in that two-year period which you were able to get on this road to financial recovery did you pay off all your debt or or are you still on the journey to becoming to, to becoming debt-free
1: yeah so at the time I did I am however I got my master's degree so that allowed a little bit more debt now currently mm-hmm. so I'm back on the journey into you know, redoing, restarting everything I did back then. It's but intense. your master's degree
0: is something completely different than spending on fun <laughs> and spending just because he wanted to feel good.
1: Those are two, two different things. Absolutely. But it's still so, a debt.
0: Yes. So. You, I mean, yes. But I will say kudos to you because this is now debt that leads to a purpose, which is you getting your mm-hmm. master's degree. And prior, it was just debt because it was debt. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So I, I
0: want to acknowledge that. And I also want you to acknowledge that the fact that you were able to pay off the debt that you had during that, during that two year journey and be aware of it and understand what was causing those spending triggers on just spending on whatever, that's a big deal. And even though you are back in debt now, it's like I mentioned, it's, it's debt with intention. It's to get a degree, which is going to help you earn more, which because you've been on this journey, you know exactly the steps you need to take to pay off your debt once you're done. So High
1: five! Yeah, <laughs> yes, a virtual high five, and yes. I've always been the type to like celebrate myself along the way, right? And yeah. so every accomplishment, I've did some type of celebration, and I've always said like, "Yes, you're amazing." And one of the things that also helped me along the journey is to, you know really writing down everything that I've done that I was proud of, mm-hmm. and I I had put that on my website as well to show others that. You know, this is how you can do it. And if you really look about your lifespan, if you're diligent about it, you accomplish a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, it's amazing. Amazing.
0: So I know a lot of people who are listening are going to be curious about because you know you it took you two years to pay off the debt. They're going to be curious about what type of work that you do that enabled you to do this. Were you doing a side hustle? Are you open to sharing income or ranges just to give people context about how you were able to pay off the debt?
1: Yes. So. I had a main job. And Mm -hmm. then I also had a second job that I worked one to two days a week. Every year to two years, I sought out a promotion to increase my money. And I also looked at ways, looked at other future ways in my budget where I can continue to save back. So I, you know, every time I got my paycheck, I made sure to pay the debts, to pay myself, and then what I had left over to, you know, utilize for what I needed to. Mm -hmm. So those are the key strategies that really helped me.
0: And one of the things that you mentioned in your your podcast overview was that in addition to paying off your debt, you also built emergency savings. You started saving for retirement and you were able to get a car. That's big. (laughs) In two years. So again, high five. Thank Um, you. Yes. You know, like, so don't let's let's not for everyone listening, we're not minimizing even the smallest accomplishments when you're on this journey, because it is so meaningful. Even if you don't share with anybody, it. if you look back, like you said, you write down everything that you do, that you've done amazing. If you look back, that's just like motivation and it helps you just stay focused on your next intention. So don't minimize it. Don't tell yourself, oh yeah, I have 5,000 saved for emergencies, but I still have my 25,000 student loans. Guess what? You saved that $5,000 for emergencies and now you Know the steps to take to pay off that twenty five thousand student loan. So, celebrate your wins. Celebrate your wins. Jump around your room. Woohoo! I did it. <laughs> I paid off the debt. bought the car. I saved the emergency savings, and that's going to motivate you to go hard towards your next set of goals. So, I'm all about celebrating even the tiniest littlest. I put one dollars in my say one dollar my savings account. I'm about that. <laughs> so, I wanted to ask questions just based on your experience that can perhaps help people who are listening based on what they may be they may be going through so you talked about like looking within and defining what was important to you right and I think that seeking that inspiration from yourself getting clear on who you are what you want and defining the things that you want for yourself, your goals, those are really, really powerful. So for someone who's listening to this, what are some practical tips or examples as to how they can seek inspiration from within, how they can get clear on who they are and just clearly define their goals as they take steps towards their own financial improvement and financial wellness?
1: Yeah, so it is a really powerful concept. And so the tips that I would share and things I've done for myself as well is like to really think about why you're doing this. Why do you want to improve your finances? why do you want to go on this journey? And then ask yourself, you know, where this influence coming from that's behind that why? Is it a family? Is it society? Is it yourself? Are these things going to make you happy? just think that you have some expectation from somewhere you know make sure that influence is for you and then talk take stock of like who is around you and what you're seeing every day social media is huge for a lot of folks yes so managing what you're looking at and the time spent on social media because it's a lot of it's curated and it's a lot of it's also getting you to buy something Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yes (laughs) You know, if that is not what you're trying to do, then maybe that's not the space that you should be in a lot. And I, the biggest thing that helped me was really writing a story of my future life and incorporating my goals in there. So, you know, visioning what my life would look like once I'm debt free. What kind of things would I be doing differently? What kind of things would I now be able to enjoy? and writing that story out. So that way I can understand the rewards that's going to happen later and kind of make it more real for me because I'm putting myself in that story. I love that.
0: Writing the story of future you, the way you want it to be based on the things you want to achieve for yourself. That is that is like taking your goals next level. I love that concept, especially when you're trying to because I mean, sometimes when you you are in that space you're trying to figure out who you are, what you want to do, what is triggering the way I'm spending when you're in that self-reflection self-review space, you still have a vision of where you imagine yourself, even though you don't know how to get there, even though you don't know, you know, you don't know when you will get there. You you still imagine yourself being someone who is successful, someone who has money in the bank, someone who lives in a specific city. Everybody has certain dreams, even though they may seem unattainable, uh, even though they may be things that you don't want to say out loud because you feel like it's embarrassing to say. Because how am I going to get there? Everybody has those visions for themselves, so why not write it down and own it and be like, you know what? Yes, I have these X Y Z goals, but this is how I imagine myself in the future. I, I love that you did that. That is. That is a tip. Everyone listening to this, go after this episode and write down what you imagine your future self to be. Write it down in detail. Write a letter to yourself and say, dear Bola from Bola, (laughs) this is who I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to be. This is who I want to be, what I want to have, how I want to have impact, the legacy I want to build in X amount of time. Love from me to you, open every day. So my next question for you was just around self-compassion, right? I'm sure with all the self-reflection that you did, you had to give yourself grace, right? Because you were making mistakes. You had made mistakes to get to that point where you're like, wait a minute, pause. Let's readjust so that I can stop doing this and instead work towards achieving what I want. How did you how did you manage that self-compassion for yourself, right? Like, how did you manage giving yourself grace as you began your journey and maybe you were still making a few mistakes?
1: Yeah, so they became self-care and self-compassion became permanent features in my life. And the idea that, like you said, I'm guaranteed to make mistakes and having to give myself grace about it. So that meant thinking regularly about, all right, I made this mistake. I acknowledge it. You know, I'm not perfect. Here's how I can do better in the future. Using affirmations really helped as well to kind of ingrain those ideas into my head. And Mm -hmm. then taking mental breaks. When I became overloaded, just taking a break mentally for a specific period of time. You know, if that meant changing my location, you know, Going an hour away from where I live for a little bit, um, you know, moving to a different part of my house or a different part of my office, taking a walk, finding other means outside of having to spend money, talking to people. You know, those are all things that kind of really helped to get me to acknowledge that I am who I am. I can do what I can do. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, give myself. A lot, a lot of love, because this is hard work. It was not easy. Yeah, (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of days I wanted to just break down and give up and never do it again, but couldn't do that. And so to build myself back up, I practiced self-love.
0: I love that. And like you said, it, it is hard. It is hard to pay down debt. It is hard to save. It is hard to... Build a business. It's hard to build a career. It's hard to achieve any big goal that you want for yourself. And many, many times, and everybody who's listening, I can testify to this. You can testify to this. You will want to give up, or you may even give up for a little bit and have to come back to it, but it is hard. And so, like you mentioned, it is so important to have that self compassion. It is so important to give ourselves grace, right? I was reading an article not long ago, and it was about productivity and Even though it's about productivity, it still relates to, you can equate it to personal finance. And it was about, you know... There's this mindset out in the world that in order to be deemed productive and successful, you have to achieve 100% of all the things you set out to do by the time that you do it. But what what happens is that people approach burnout, they fall really short, and they don't achieve what they plan to do for that day, that week, that month, that year, and they consider themselves as failures. And instead of pursuing perfection every time, 100% every time, be okay with 85%. Be okay knowing that okay I had a goal to do this to save I don't know ten thousand dollars but I saved seventy five hundred dollars this year because guess what I had to buy an emergency plane ticket my car tire my car tires had to be replaced but I still managed to save seventy five hundred dollars even though I had those setbacks that is is a success right because it's seventy five hundred dollars more than you had when you started that pursuit and so you haven't failed and what happens when people tell themselves that they have failed is that You save the seventy five hundred dollars. You think you have failed and like you're done. There's no point saving the ten thousand because I didn't get to it at that at that point in time. And you know what? Let's just go spend the seventy five hundred dollars because again, I didn't get to ten thousand. Wrong approach. Wrong mindset. Be okay with doing your best in that situation and learning from the mistakes that you make, dusting yourself off, picking yourself back up, and keep going. So I love that you talked about what you were doing, even just getting out of your normal space, taking a walk, giving yourself time to breathe, not looking at your spreadsheet on debt payment all the time, watching a Netflix movie, right? Hanging out with your friends at home, something to just help you take your mind off stuff, give yourself some grace, give yourself breathing room so that you can get back to what you're trying to achieve with full steam. So I have a couple more questions for you. And if you were to go back to That girl who was at just before your turning point, just before your aha moment, where you're getting the letters, you're getting threatened, you're still kind of trying to hide the financial situation, you haven't shared it with anybody yet, you haven't created your financial plan, you haven't done your self reflection. Uh, Going back to that girl back then, for someone who's listening to this who finds themselves in that position right now, right?
1: What words of encouragement would you give that person? I would start off by saying, it's okay. We Many of us have made terrible decisions. We've experienced low confidence, low self-esteem, and have made a big turnaround. And so if we can do it, you definitely can too. So take your time, right? Like, figure it out. Figure out the best plan for you. And if you're really stuck, work with somebody, right? That investment can be the catalyst to major life changes. But only when you're
0: ready. Yeah, you have to be ready to take the journey because like you said, it's hard. It requires commitment. It requires that inner self-work, but it's totally worth it, right? Aren't you happy that you're $25,000 less <laughs> in debt? <dinner>? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, I, I kind of forgot to ask this question. One of the things you said earlier on in the episode was that you were being judged. As you went on that to your journey, How did you navigate that judgment or shut it down or shift away from letting people judge you?
1: Yeah, honestly, you know, I have to really get over the fact that people are going to judge me. I can't stop that. Like Mm -hmm. Everybody has an opinion and they're going to share it, whether you like it or not. And so really getting over it and getting comfortable with the fact that people are going to share their opinion of you. They're going to put their own personal things onto you. And that is not defining of who you are. Like you don't have to take that. You don't have to carry that on your shoulder and really defining for yourself. Right. So once you build off of, you like, think about, I think about it like as a raincoat, you build yourself up, you have that protective gear on. So when people try to throw the rain on you, it just slides right off your back. And so once I had that realization and kind of built that skill and tolerance to hear people's judgments, but then let it go, then it, you know, it became a no-brainer for me. Like, okay, I hear you and move on.
0: Yes. I, I love that you, people are always going to judge you. They're always going to have something to say, whether they say it to you or they say it behind your back. And none of that has any bearing on who you are, on your value, on what you want to accomplish on where you've been, where you're going. And you do not want to give their judgment power over you, Right. Because that's really the difference between letting people judge you or not caring what they think. That's the that can be a huge difference in you pursuing what it is that you want for yourself. People are always going to have something to say. So it's okay. You're judging, you're gonna judge me fine. But guess what? I'm still gonna pursue my goals and, and work towards achieving what I want to achieve for um myself. And I would say to anyone who's on this call who is struggling with judgment. <laughs> You know, don't be afraid to be like, listen, stop. I don't appreciate it. I don't need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Or just stop sharing your goals with people who are not going to support you, people who are going to look down at everything that you've done. Because sometimes when you found yourself in a situation where you've made a lot of mistakes, right? Especially if you are around a group of people who have certain standards that they expect everybody to fit into, like you said, the mold of the world. And you're making a lot of mistakes. In their minds, you're always going to be that person who makes those mistakes and they can never see you as being more successful than you are until you prove them wrong, right? And sharing your goals might give them reason to judge you even further. So don't even bother sharing your goals. Let your actions speak for you. Let your success speak for you. Let your internal joy and happiness and peace of mind speak for you. So when they see you next time, they're like, oh my God, wow. She's made so much progress. She's doing big things. Wow, I can't believe I was judging her. And then that will cause them to pause, hopefully, and do their own inner reflection. (laughs) Hopefully.
1: Very hopefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Gracia, thank you so much for sharing. Before I let you go, you have to tell me, what is your Clever Girl
1: superpower? Ooh, Yes, I have a couple. But the main one I want to share is finding fun. Like, I can turn anything into a fun activity for me. You know, I really take enjoyment out of watching other people have fun. So I'm always that person, you know, wherever I'm at, food, music, dancing, we're happy doing
0: it. I love that. (laughs) I love that. That's great. And then please tell us more about where people can keep in touch with you, share about your coaching, your website. We'll have all that in the show notes so that if anybody wants to follow up with you, they can find you. Please tell us more about your universe.
1: Of course. So you can follow me on all social media platforms at Warm and Rooted. So it's the word warm, the letter N, the word rooted, and then I have my website where all my services are outlined, that womenrooted.com.
0: Awesome. We will be sure to include that in the show notes. Thank you so, so much, Recia, for Thank being you, Bola. here and for sharing uh, your journey. And hopefully you ins- hopefully you have inspired the folks listening to commit to pursuing their own personal, ve- personal development journeys to help them achieve their goals as well.
1: Yes. Long-term success is my goal for everybody.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next
1: episode.